What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to The Swing the Twig. It is a Friday, and welcome back to yet another show. Two times this week, as per usual, and is not here tonight, but he will be here uh, Thursday, Tuesday and Friday, rather. So, But we got a special guest, well, a former host, and he's back with us now, Justin Reeman. What's going on, buddy? Great. There I'm we glad go. to be here. Uh, had the night off work, been uh, watching a lot of baseball, so I wanted to hop back on, see what takes you guys have, and thanks for having me on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and uh, so this is going to be a fun show, I guess, this week, and it's going to be quite something with the trade deadline that's closing out on Tuesday, August 2nd. We will be here for it. We will have a show that night, and we are live on Twitch right now as we do this, so welcome if you're on the live Twitch at the moment. So that's also, another thing to note as well, that we've been doing these behind-the-scenes recordings kind of deal on Twitch, so that's also pretty fascinating as well. Well, guys, the trade deadline is uh, is coming, obviously, and the Yankees are moving fast. They, they get swept by the Mets, predictably so, as we said that – I said that they would. They get Andrew Benintendi from the Kansas City Royals, who they're playing against in this series this weekend. Andrew Benintendi is a very good contact hitter, hitting 320 on the season – Andrew Benatendi obviously is not vaccinated, but he is open to getting it so that he would come to Toronto for the Blue Jays series uh, in the postseason. What to make about Benintendi? I mean, we got a lot. Jeff, we have to love the Benintendi move. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was skeptical about getting Benintendi in past shows just because, you know, I, I know if he would get vaccinated, potentially having to face Toronto in the playoffs, you know, that that's not a risk that I wanted to take personally. But there are reports coming out saying that if it comes to, then he will get the vaccine in order to travel to Canada. That's kind of the, it's kind of the unofficial official word right now. So that, that does make me feel a lot better that he's going to, you know, he, he, he's going to take one for the team in terms of his personal beliefs, which we've talked about extensively on here before. So that, that makes me like him even more. And no more Gallo. Gallo should either be DFA, traded, something. Delegated is, to Bat Boy. Well, what happens in this case? Let's say Gallo stays and the Yankees trade all these players away. Gallo somehow still on the team. And obviously the outfield's filled up. You have Carpenter. You have now Benintendi, Judge, Stanton, Hicks. I can go on and on. Where does Where does Joey Gallo go? I mean, do you send him down to... I don't know, Scranton. You would have to. You you would have to DFA him at that case because if we keep him, that's six outfielders. And I know I know this organization likes to use Tim LaCastro a lot as a pull back and forth guy. Um, and Which don't forget fine. we have An and we have Andujar as well that can play the outfield. So really, we we're not short on options with the outfield right now. You know, we we got our three guys now in Judge, in Benintendi, and in Stanton. We have mm -hmm. Hicks to serve as an everyday man. You know, where where does that leave Gallo? Kinda kinda leaves him in the middle of nowhere. Well it's funny you mention it's funny you mention Andujar because Andujar is one of the guys that requested a trade. He mm. requested a trade earlier in the season because he wasn't too crazy about being back and forth, not getting an opportunity. It's not because he's not a good player and he thinks he should be in a better spot. He actually is a very good player, actually. Miguel Andujar is. It's just the Yankees are so stacked with talented outfielders and heavier paid outfielders that we have to utilize those big contracts. And Joey Gallo is one of those guys that are playing above him. 
So, with, you know, Andujar might not be staying either, Jeff. This might Andujar is one of the guys that don't really get talked about right now at the trade deadline. Is one of the guys that probably will need to be dealt pretty soon. Do you think Gallo's going to get dealt? I mean, I haven't seen any rumors, but, like, I feel like it would make sense to try to... Violent he has get, to. But... There actually has been two rumors. Uh, I apologize for interrupting right there, but the Texas no, Rangers please. are actually thinking about bringing him back, and San Diego showed very light interest, but obviously... There's much more to back, uh, you know, stuff going on with that. So there's some rumors, but yeah, if Gallo gets cut like a piece of string, then he does. Going back to the Rangers could be interesting. I, I honestly think Texas is the only team that would want him. I mean, who, who's going to want him? He has underperformed, re- really underperformed this year. I mean, his his defense, I guess, is still there, but it's definitely not gold glove caliber, you know? So who... Who's going to want him with that contract? See, my thing is, and I will say this till I'm blue in the face, I will always say this about Joey Gallo. I really like him as a guy, as a person. I do like him still as a ball player. I don't. I just don't think he's cut for New York. I think that's so clear now. He's done so well in the small market in Arlington, smaller market in Arlington in Texas for the Rangers, and he had, you know, life. He has a lifetime 220 average. Overall, his best seasons have been 250, 260, and Gallo, you know, is struggling in New York. And this is his first year not in his, you know, I don't want to say home. He's from Vegas, but his home, quote-unquote, home in Arlington. He's used to Arlington. So I like to think that Gallo is going to do a lot better. And if and look, if he does do better, he gets dealt to another team, and he has he puts up a 220-230 average with another team, good for him. I just know I won't have any regrets. Because he won't be doing that in New York. It's just different pressure, man. I would say this. There are players, and this is in every sport, where they do better in smaller markets. There's not as much pressure compared to a New York, compared to an L.A. Maybe Joey Gallo is just one of those guys. Absolutely. And it's, it's, you know, I think that's going to be another thing to watch out for as well with, with him. Well, you got also have... I mean, let's let's take a reverse. You ju- we just got Ben Intendi from the Royals, right? Ben Intendi has played in one big market in Boston. He played in a small market in Kansas City this season, and I think the year before. And Ben Intendi is used to the big market in places like New York or Boston, big cities. So Ben, it will be interesting to see how Ben Intendi adjusts to New York after playing in a very small market for the past year and a half. I'll be very curious to see how he does. But it's a it's a big adjustment from a guy like Gallo. It's and the Yankees basically got a polar opposite of Joey Gallo. It's a guy that can play the outfield. It's a guy that can make contact, purely contact hitter, sometimes power hitter, but not always. He's a guy that can hit he's a fifth, run for he, sure. He's fifth in the league in batting average right now. So it's at telling three, you? at three twenty, amazing contact hitter. In my mind, and Aaron Boone said it very well today. And I'm not a fan of Aaron Boone for the past week, but he did hit the nail on the head before the first game against Kansas City when he said, "You look at Andrew Benintendi. He's basically a lefty TJ LeMayu. He's a guy that hits for contact. He gets on base. That's what you want from the guy, and that's what they're gonna get. Hopefully, as long as yep. he adjusts to this big market pressure." That comes with and the extra pressure of playing in the Bronx. I like that comparison. Yeah, right to DJ. It's um, I like that a lot. It makes a lot of sense. Well, I'm not worried about Ben Intendi. I said constantly from the beginning of the trade deadline conversations we've been having that it was a worthy risk of having to take with him, even if he didn't want to get vaccinated. He will, so that's good news for us as far as going to Toronto. 
and again, I should state again, opinions on the mandate have nothing to do with this. It has to do with trying to win, and that's how we're looking at it, from a team based on trying to win the World Series. That's the way I view it, at least. Now, I want to move on, because we got some pretty funny, we, we got something pretty funny to discuss here, and I don't think it's something we expected. The Houston Astros actually got swept, and they didn't just get swept. They got swept by the Oakland A's, which, you know, which bear in mind, <laughs> and there's the trash cans, the, uh, this team gets swept by one of the worst teams in baseball, projected to go well over 100 losses this year, and it's ironic because I just watched Moneyball last night, the movie. Great movie, by the way. Oakland has really been struggling. They sweep Houston in their home ballpark. Bear in mind, I mean, <laughs> you can't draw up any better, right? Great series to watch. I mean, the Oakland bats were hot. I'm talking about uh, Seth Brown. Uh, was it Pinder, I believe, had a grand slam? I believe so. Um, Piscotti. Great batting. Great batting by uh, Oakland. It was impressive. And they really put it up. The Astros' bullpen looked the same depleted pen as per usual, um, mm -hmm. you know, that we, were, that we were accustomed to seeing last season. So that was uh, really something I that stood out to me when I watched a couple games in that series. But it's hilarious regardless. So good for the A's. They helped the Yankees a little bit, even though the Yankees didn't do themselves any favors with keeping a lead in the AL by getting swept by the Mets. Real, real quick, real quick with, yeah. the, uh, with the Houston series, did you all get a good laugh when uh, they put in Altuve as the pinch hitter for, I believe it was the last hit, and it was the last half, I was game two or three? My, one thing is this series, and he got out and uh, gave Oakland the game. I found that great. Just a way to close it out, right? Exactly. It, was, it must have been a close game, though. Yes, it, I believe it was a one-run game. Yeah, and uh, the Astros get swept, and hopefully the Yankees take advantage a little bit by beating Kansas City in this series. But, I mean, you get to Mike Trout, and that's a sad situation, guys. I mean, he has a back condition that he's been told basically to play through, and he's been playing through it, getting hurt periodically with it, and now it's something he has got to monitor for basically his whole career. It's a, it's a condition that he's going to have for the rest of his life. It's not going away. Really sad because you really think about the potential the Angels have. And you would never know Trout has a serious back condition when you look at his batting average numbers, which make it all the more impressive. But keep in mind, you know, this is going to hurt the Angels in the long run, especially with injuries and things like that. It shows his contract is is completely devalued now. No, Having this information now, do the Angels look to – I know it's going to be hard to deal him because of the contract, but – is there a possible scenario where the Angels, I don't know, see a concern here? Or am I, they, they might, or am I, they might break it up. They, they might break it up based, based on these Otani trade rumors now. And now getting that Mike Trout news, I think the Angels might break it up. They're going to have to. They have no they, choice. I mean, look, Rendon, too. He's out. I mean, who do they have club. left? Yeah, Rendon's out. And Shohei, Shohei's literally the only talent they have that's that's healthy remotely healthy uh, so when you think about all of those things you know it's it just it's a recipe for disaster with the angels and it's not really a recipe for disaster it's already disaster with the angels i mean they're so far back in their in their division they're ten and a half back the only team below them in the al west is oakland and they're really far back as far as the 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 uh the al is concerned it's just a a deep hole they sunk themselves in 
with this team that has star-studded talent in three guys: Rendon, Trout, Otani, and one of the, and Otani being a pitcher too in the rotation. They're ace. So if you trade Otani and if you trade Trout, I would love to see the trade package for Mike Trout. First of all, who's going to eat the contract? Who's going to be traded for Mike Trout? If that were to happen, do you want to make any predictions on that? Uh, I feel like if anyone gets traded, it's Otani, only because not just with the contract, sure. but also Trout's history past for the past like two, two and a half years now is very concerning, let alone the news that we have now. So with that, it's like Trout's such a great player, but he's starting to turn into Byron Buxton, where he can't stay on the field and center field and play all the time. But when he does, mm -hmm. he's pretty spectacular. Not saying that Buxton's obviously trout level, but you get the point. Uh, Otani, that's also tricky. I saw the Mets were peeking in because the GM for the Mets was formerly for the Angels uh, when Otani signed. But right. at the same time, it's like he's going to want a lot of money because he's a two-way player. So how much is he going to ask for? And he's injury prone. So, like, I don't know. The Angels are just in a big-ass pickle. And I, I think that Otani is the easier trade route compared to Trout when I feel like the Angels kind of hit a panic button in a way to extend Trout and not let him test the market. Yeah, and that's what, that's a good which What's I that? mean, which I mean at the time that that was the right move to make. You know, it, it's Mike Trout. You know, this is our generational player we're talking about. You know, and this is a franchise that needed a player to rally around like that. So uh, of course it makes perfect sense, especially today, seeing what guys like Soto are trying to do. You know, force their way out of of these struggling franchises just to get paid somewhere that has a chance of competing in the short-term future at least so i i don't blame the angels for doing what they did with trout at that point in his career i do blame them though for the massive amount of uncertainty around them it, if they weren't in if they weren't in Anaheim, I would say move the damn franchise because it it's it's getting the Sacramento Kings level of embarrassing for them. If the Sacramento that's, Kings are that's in that, dead accurate. I mean, like I said, I love Mike Trout. I mean, everyone knows he has a great you know lovable personality. You like, like I said, I like seeing those players in. I don't want to say smaller markets, but you know they're not the Dodgers. They're the you know just, they're the Angels. So you like seeing guys performing on those teams and credit him to his loyalty because I don't think he's ever demanded out. He, he I just he's not one of those guys that complains, which I have a lot of respect for. I would love to see who gets traded first, and I think it's going to be Otani. That would be quite the trade that we could talk about one day. Probably won't be today, but that would be. The premier trade of the deadline, if that were to happen, the Angels would be smart to do that. Not that Otani's Otani's got incredible trade value. You know, you can get a lot for him and build your team and really make a lot of improvements on that end, on the pitching end and and the hitting end as well. Without Otani, more bodies too, that more talent. Rendon too. Rendon, even though he lost a lot of trade value from when they grabbed him from Washington off of uh, free agency, I think it was you know. So the Angels are in a free fall at the moment. Unfortunately for them, but not unfortunately. I can't have sympathy for this. Well, let's go to some brighter, some brighter news. The Orioles are a team that we used to laugh at, guys, for quite a few years, and I mean a few, quite a few years. Now, all of a sudden, within the span of, I think a month, three weeks to a month, they have moved from ten games back of the wild card to being in fourth place in the American League East 
They're literally, as we speak, as we're doing this show, they are literally... They're three games. There are only three games out of, a, of the last wild card spot, and Cleveland is two. So they're the next team behind Cleveland for the next AL wild card spot. They were six behind the White Sox at one point, literally three weeks ago in, in, the, in the fight for this. They've, they passed the White Sox and then some. They've, they've done a lot of damage. They're ahead of Boston in the American League East by, I think, a couple games. So they're in fourth, and they are looking to trade Trey Mancini, possibly. That is a possibility. Is that going to happen, though? He's got good trade value as well. I hope not. I mean, yeah. just everything he's done for the city, the city loves him, his connections, and just, like you said, the hot streak the Orioles are on. I think the Orioles are a team that should go after one final piece or go after a pitcher because they're hot right now. I, I think they should I, – I just I don't want to see it happen. Um, but the way they were talking post-game today, the way Trey was talking, just the way his voice sounded, it sounded like it, it's quite possible. Uh, yeah. I mean, with that – with the or with if the Orioles trade Mancini, if they were to trade him, it's not really worth trading. I mean, unless you get a pitcher, like why do you need to trade anybody in the offense? Do you need to trade any offense right now? They're young. I like that lineup. Keep Their that hot lineup. Yeah, scary. it's a really good lineup. One but they might have to sack. Nasty. Honestly, we went to the game on Saturday, and I and I I read the lineup out loud, and I'm like, holy crap! Like the Orioles are kind of scary. <laughs> I love. Not to I mention, love it. And not to mention, these aren't just your Mullins, Mancini's, Hayes. I mean, we're talking about um, Mateo, Darius. I mean, not just those guys at the top of the order. You're overlooking Santander. He's one of their best hitters. I got him in fantasy too. Oh, he's great. Totally overlooking Santander. He's he's phenomenal. And I will give the O's all the credit they deserve. You will never hear me bash the O's. You know, you, I I I am a sympathizer for the Orioles. <laughs> And I am a somewhat supporter of the Orioles until they start taking rain. Then I will not be very yep. fast. But, yeah, I, I love the Orioles, what they're doing. I think it's great for baseball. I think it's great for the division. And, quite frankly, it helps the pitching, their own pitching. So I love what they're oh, doing. Yeah. On, I Wells. love what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, you got Jorge Lopez, who's putting up a pretty good year, went to the All-Star game. And believe it or not, he was the only Oriole to go to the All-Star game. No Mullins, no Mancini, no Santander, no Hayes. None of those guys. None of those guys went to the All-Star game. And for Jorge Lopez to be the only one to go, that should raise some eyebrows, even though I know it's a popularity contest. It's, um, yeah. yeah. What's that, Jeff? Yeah, and I, I I, don't think trading Trey Mancini is the right move for these guys. I, e even if they were still 10 games back of a wild card spot, you know, that th this team has something brewing right now, you know? They, they have something working that they haven't had for years now really with with that one exception of the wild card a right. few years back you know aside from that they really haven't had anything now all of a sudden you know their young guys are performing their veterans are really start are really starting to catch fire as well you know their pitching is in a bottom five in the league finally you know i Trading Trey Mancini is not the right move. There are certain things you don't do for the morale of the clubhouse and the fans. And trading Trey Mancini, you you got to keep them. He's he's kind of the heart of that whole franchise right now, you know. Not the best player, Agreed. but but he he he's their judge. 
you know, in ter- in terms of how lovable he is and how important he is to that franchise as a cornerstone. And that city. I got a yeah, perfect exactly. example, too. You know, you can't trade Mancini. I think, Jeff, you brought a great point. The perfect comparison is like Eric Hosmer is to the Padres. Not the best guy. You know, he's got that contract and stuff. Not the best guy on the team. But in the clubhouse, he's something different. I know Trey Mancini's never won a World Series and Hosmer did. But he's just that kind of guy, especially that all these young Oriole players look up to. So I just think trading away Mancini would be a mistake. Uh, look what he battled through, testicular cancer and everything. The guy's a beast. Um, so yeah, I, I just think it's like... It's the Orioles' as Eric Hosmer in a way to where he's their guy, you can't get rid of him, and there's that. I just think the Cedric Mullen rumors last year, the trade rumors by the deadline were out of desperation. Those fizzled out. I think the same thing's going to happen here with Mancini. There does come a point in time where the franchise has to go, okay, we're not going to sell anymore. We're going to be buyers. We're going to stick with what we have and improve on what we have instead of looking two, three, five, ten years down the line. And I, I think Baltimore is finally at that point, you know, where that where they have to start looking at guys they can buy, not guys they can sell. Because eventually you have to, or you're going to be stuck in that cycle forever. You can only do it so long until everyone just gets restless. I don't think you could have said that any better. And the Orioles are looking really. They look, they look hot, and I don't. I would love to see them get in the wild card race. I would love to see them actually get into the postseason, and if that means knocking out Toronto or Tampa Bay, then please, I, I would it, love that actually. Real quick, um, also thing that's fun about them is that their hitting gets hot late in games, like seventh inning on most of the time. I mean, you saw it yep. the other night with the extra inning game with Tampa Bay. I mean, they, they fell short, but, I mean, their hitting gets hot late, which makes it even more exciting in the game. We saw it when we went to Baltimore. Don't remind that, me. That was a late innings flurry. That was a late inning. That was an eight-inning home run, two-run shot. I didn't forget that. That was frustrating because that was what was it? Shane Green, was that his name? Yep. Great job, Shane Green. Yeah, he's a. Uh, that was his first, I think, MLB appearance or first MLB appearance in seven years or no eight years. Excuse me, something like that. No seven, no eight years. Yeah, and last time he pitched was 2014. Comes in in the bottom of the eighth, gives up a two-run shot. I think it was Urias or Mateo that hit it, and I remember just being like, "Come on." <laughs> It, but, it was Arias. I think it was Arias. Yeah, I believe so. But hey, yeah, all all respect to the Orioles. All respect to the Orioles. It was a it, it's a good team, and I wish them all the best. Because hey, we'll keep talking about them here as long as they keep winning. Uh, Credit Brandon Hyde too, which is taking this team and piecing this team together. Yeah, he hasn't done a bad job either, but I mean, he's just working with what he's given and I I got to give the credit more to the to the um the fact that the Orioles have been so bad for so many years that they got these it's like the Edmonton Oilers in in hockey for those who don't follow hockey basically the Edmonton Oilers were kind of this bad hockey team for so many years they had poor record one of the worst teams in the NHL and when Connor McDavid who everybody knows got drafted by the Edmonton Oilers first overall everyone said gosh I feel bad for Connor McDavid he's getting drafted by the Oilers look what he did he became captain instantaneously turned that team around and they brought in so much talent from first via first round picks, first overall picks actually, and they have turned that that potential talent into a potential Western Conference Finals team. So you got to give credit where credit's due, and that's always 
something you got to look out for. The Orioles can do that. Like, look at Adley Rushman as one example. They just drafted another great guy. They just debuted another um, first-round pick they got recently, I think. I forget his name now. It's the catcher? Um, Their other catcher? Is there another catcher? I don't think they'd they'd bring up two catchers. Not with Adley. Who is that number one pick? I forgot his name. Well, Adley Rushman's the one. Adley Rushman's the main one. No, it's Adley. Yeah, but there's another – there's another – there's another drafty that they that they that they got. So, you know, they're so they have a lot of talent. And I will always give them that credit in Baltimore because they were bad for so many years. It's like Edmonton, same thing. You know, they struggle in that division and this is what they have. So look, again, all the credit goes to Baltimore for drafting those guys and getting them to develop the way they have. It's phenomenal what they've done, real truly. So Again, I, I'm going to be rooting for. I'm not a nose fan, I promise. But Justin, I, I am. I'm becoming one. I'm. I'm. Com- I'm a hop in on the bandwagon because I have no faith in this Nationals organization, and I. Yeah, I, I'm hopping onto the other side of the Battle of the Beltway. I just hope Justin doesn't become a a traitor. Doesn't be, get in the habit of becoming a traitor. Dom, Justin, and I know a kid in, from college, who um who was pretty well. And he, uh, you know, he's a he's a hockey fan, Jeff. And, he, you know, I feel like he, he wears a shirt. He'll probably listen to this podcast eventually. but So I'm not going to knock him too much. But but I swear, and I've, and I've asked him this before, so nothing I'm saying is, is crazy. Uh, but he came in the, to school every day wearing a shirt for one team. Like, he would come in with a Toronto Maple Leafs t-shirt He's on. a winner every night. He's a winner every night because he puts on a shirt for every different team. So he has a shirt. He, he always buys a shirt. For with a different logo, so he'd come in, and he would, he would wear just a different team the next day. He would have different jerseys. He would wear different things, and I'd be like, "All right, are you a devil? Are you a Calgary fan?" He's like, "Nah, I'm a Devils fan." And I said, "All right, are you a Sabres?" I said, "Are you Sabres fan?" He's like, "No, I'm still Devils fan." Jeff, he had a Lundqvist Capital shirt. Yes, yeah. that that hurts me. That that hurts me a lot. You you have no idea how much that's hurting my Rangers soul right now. I I am sure Tom's a little hurt why, by that too. Why get? But why get one? Like why why? Again, yeah. I don't want to knock him. He's a good guy, and he's gonna listen to this podcast eventually. I'm sure. And I and I genuinely like him. He's a, he is a nice guy. But it's just, I, I never asked him this before. I've asked him like you know yeah how, why do you why do you wear all these different shirts? So yeah he, he's I don't hope Justin doesn't get into that habit. I'm, and I know he won't. I'm just kidding. But Justin is considering moving from the Nats because of, quite frankly, their poor management with that franchise. I mean, and it's not – I think Justin would be the first to say it. It's not Rizzo's fault. Uh, it's the learners. It's the, own, it's the owners. They're business of the, people. I'll, I'll leave it at that. I won't go too into that. They're, they're business people first. And you have to question the, the intense with, the intentions with the Nationals. At first it was, oh, we're going to rebuild the team. Uh, and get some, get some young value. Well, they tried doing that, and they basically sold everybody except for Juan Soto and maybe a couple others. That did not pan out the way they expected it to. It panned out how everybody else expected it to, uh, with them just basically tanking embarrassingly the last half of that season. Uh, so the Nats are not doing themselves any favors this year, and that's unfortunately due to the front office mismanagement although there are some poor performances going around Juan Soto is one of them and so is Nelson Cruz but there is there is a reason to leave 
as Justin wants to. But uh, I, I think um, when I was at the Nats game the other week, I, I went, uh, my my aunt got my cousin and I these, uh, these seats from his suite, and I think our waiter said it best right now about Soto. He's a better dancer right now this season than baseball player right now. Dancer he's in the batter's hot. box. I don't want to hear it. Like a yeah, in yeah, in the batter's box. Like, yeah, he's a better dancer than hitter right now. All that smack he talks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Soto doesn't talk a lot of smack though. He's pretty humble, dude. He's starting. He's starting to to, to, to chirp a little more. Really? I mean, yeah. I I saw his face. So I saw his face on Monday, Sunday. I forget what day it was. When he got well, not he. When Patrick Corbin got obliterated by by the Dodgers. And that was ugly. It was six nothing. He had a miscommunication in the outfield with the center fielder. I forget who it was. I think it was Thomas, and or Robles. I forget who it Robles, was. Robles, I think. Field. It was him and Robles having this miscommunication in right center field. There was a ball that drops. I think it was. I think it turned out to be an E eight, and then and then Dodgers scored like two runs because of it. Because I think it was a two out situation. But, I mean, Patrick Corbin just got obliterated that night, and nobody should have been surprised at all. So, you know, Soto, I saw his face after that. all that happened. I feel for the guy. I do. Because he actually is a good – he is a great player. I just don't think he's worth the $500 million yet. I still think he should wait it out and um, try and try and get better and improve his value a little bit more. Because, in my opinion, his value is not there. Despite winning a ring, he doesn't have the numbers to still say, hey, look, this is what I'm going to do. Because he hasn't consistently done that yet. I mean, he yep. had a great 19. He had a great 2020. He had a pretty good 2021. He's got to do that this year. And if he doesn't do it this year, his trade value goes down. And if and let me tell you something. If there was an arbitration hearing for Soto, just imagine they would bring up this average. Lack of home runs. Poor on-base percentage. You know, just everything. You could tell. Well, no, he has a good on-base percentage still, right, Justin? I mean, he's get, he gets walked a lot. Yeah, intentionally walked. Right, yeah. exactly. And they and they can do that because they can just pitch around to the rest of the lineup and without a problem. <laughs> so, also, Cruz, he swings at everything right after him. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny. But either way, we can move on because that's an embarrassment that we'll wait to see what yes, develops with Juan, with Juan Soto for by Tuesday. So we will we will see for that. Well, I, I didn't give you guys a heads up on the bro of the week. Sorry, but we do have that this week. If you guys have any or don't have any, shout it out. If you don't, if you don't have any. Uh, I got one. It happened feel, last night. Don't feel bad. All right. Who do you got? Albert Pujols hitting his 800th, was it 46 home run? Gotta give credit to the guy. Is and, he really? Short handed. Uh, yeah. 646, I thought. 646. Is he really gonna, is he really gonna barely miss 700 career home runs? Is that really what's gonna happen to him? 686. Right he's now. barely gonna miss this isn't yeah. it what a shame unfortunately it's gonna suck <laughs> that's a shame i'd play another year just to get it <laughs> and then call quits at seven seven I mean, who says season. why not i mean he did all right on that road trip on that short-handed team's uh road trip i really hope he just goes off and you know eventually just tr- uh tries to tries to get something going and and get these home runs up because i'm a home killing. run a series and he'll be good ha <laughs> Well, that's hard to do. Uh, that 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 that's what it would take at this point in the season. But home run the series, he'll have it. But he doesn't play every day anymore. Now, and that's the, that's the that's the that's his major disadvantage. But again, home run. He's playing at least one game a series, Jeff. One home run a series. 
Yeah, there you go. He 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 needs some Matt Carpenter treatment right now. Oh, Matt Carpenter is in a lot better shape, I think, right now. What a pickup for you guys with that. Yeah. So another bro of the week, Jeff. Dom. I mean, you guys can shout out anything you have for bro of the week. I don't think Dom has any. I do have Pete Alonso, just because he went off this past week. Um, with the brooms right. out against the Yankees. So yes, he did great. He's been uh, really good for the Mets and which it's been very important going against the Braves because it's neck and neck now. Like uh, we've mentioned. All right, Jeff, you're on the spot. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to go with a household name and not, not so much because of what he's done the past week, but because of what he's done all season. I'm going to, I'm going to shout out to Freddie Freeman right here simply because that this dude's hitting 323 this season. And I, I haven't heard as much hype around him as I think there should be for a guy hitting 323. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, people love him, but you know, it, it it's the Paul Goldschmidt show when it comes to getting those hits, you know, and everyone else is kind of being overlooked right now. And Freddie Freeman, for as good as he is, I still think is not getting as much attention as he should be this year. Agreed. And Freeman uh, is doing well as a Dodger, unfortunately, for the for the Dodgers. <laughs> Well, I got mine. Mine's uh, pretty simple, cut and dry, 0 for 3 tonight, but that's not a problem. I'm still going to go with it because I know I have faith, and hopefully it doesn't age poorly. Andrew Benintendi, welcome to the Bronx. I am very excited to have him. I could not be more excited to have an actual contact hitter in this lineup. The Yankees need a lot more of them, and I'm very happy that Andrew Benintendi is in the Bronx. I could not be happier for this. I'm probably a lot happier for the Benintendi trade than I was for the Gallo for the Gallo trade last year. That aged very poorly. My thoughts on Gallo. Still like him as a person, but Benintendi, welcome to the Bronx. I'm very happy for Andrew Benintendi to come here. By the way, I wonder how quickly his hotel key is gonna stop working. That the one that he has with Kansas City. I mean, he's gonna. Is he, where's he gonna live? He's probably gonna live with one of our guys, somebody. Uh, ha- have him live with Gallo. He'll just take his room once he's gone. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Problem solved. <laughs> it's like here, yeah, get out. I'm, I'm staying. <laughs> well, yeah. So that's, that's another good one. That's a good joke, Jeff. All right. Well, series of the week. Do we, is there anything that stands out to you guys as far as something that can pique your interest and say hey, this is really something to watch? Uh, yeah, Astros Mariners. Okay. Mariners need some kind of payback after getting embarrassed by the Astros. And the Astros are not, did not look good in Oakland, so they're going to try and bounce back. Now, yeah, but both teams are really going to be looking to to embarrass their opponents right now, try and get back on track. Give me Uh, the uh, Twins Padres. Twins have been a team that's been quietly dominating their division. Well, not dominating, but leading that division. Uh, and shockingly so. I want to see how they do against uh, San Diego because the Twins is not a team I really pay attention to. Um, just knowing that they traded away Donaldson, now they got Sanchez and Urshela. So uh, give me that one. Great. All right, so that's one. I don't know if I have one. I don't think I really have one for the weekend. Possibly I... raise Guardians just raise because Guardians? of Cleveland's spot right now. And they're hot hitting with, I mean, Naylor last night. All right, other than Boston, Cleveland's in an interesting spot right now. So I, 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 they're a team I'm keeping my eye on. That's going to be a good series in St. Pete, right in my backyard in Florida. So that's going to be, um, that's going to be pretty cool. And good luck to the Guardians. I'll be rooting for, I'll be rooting for the Guardians for sure. All right. Well, with that, let's go to the free pick of the week, Jeff. We were, we are now eight and seven on the season, thanks to the Yankees choking against the Orioles. They had a three nothing lead, yeah. lost outright. Tough one. We were all there for it. I felt uncomfortable because I took the first five innings 
and I cashed with one run to spare. So I feel uncomfortable about that. But it was a loss on the full game. So and Jeff did say full game, unfortunately. So all right, Jeff, what what is it for this weekend? Eight and seven. We're gonna go with the cards against the Nats on Saturday. All right, cards and the Nats. Sorry, Justin. <laughs> Free winner right there. <laughs> all righty then. Well, that's that's gonna be a um, that's gonna be a good series coming up. So. You know, so with that in mind, that's going to be a great game to pick. I probably will be on that somehow, some way, so long as there's no vaccine mandate like Toronto is. I think the Cards will have all their guys, and that should be uh, hopefully a win for the Cardinals, I guess, for all of us. Well, Jeff, let's let's go over the new topic you wanted to provide to the show about trades and what we want to do. So this is going to go in in replacement of the trivia for the next week as far for the next well this is the only podcast where we do that really because trade deadlines on tuesday jeff let's let's go over what we want to do for this week yeah so instead of a trivia this week what we're gonna do is we're gonna pick a player who's a hot commodity on the trade market right now and we're gonna we're gonna try and do a bit of theory crafting as to see where this player could end up you know who who would be most likely to pick up this player and what kind of assets they might have to give up. Uh, MLB-ready assets they would have to give up in order to get this player. And we agreed on one particular player, so that was, I think, do I have it right, Josh Bell? Yeah. All right, we agreed on Josh Bell of the Washington, of the currently the Washington Nationals, and we said that he, that he would be traded. So who wants... I I personally you guys can just shout at anything. I mean, he I think he's going to get traded for sure because he's got the value. He's batting above 300 I think still. He should Somehow, have been our all-star. He should have been. He got snuffed. But with that in mind, you know, where is he going to go? That that with that batting average. He's got a good on-base percentage. He's got good slogging in the season. Where do we see him going? I think Houston is just a real possibility right now. Not satisfied with their first baseman. Um, Gur- how do you say it's Gurdis? Oh, I, Gurriel? I mean, yeah, Gurriel. Yeah. Gurriel, yeah. Oh, my bad. Yeah, I, I've heard they're just not satisfied with him. I mean, you could put Bell some nights at first. You could put him at DH. I, I think Houston makes sense. Mm. How much I hate to say it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It right, does yeah. make sense. It would make sense in Houston. I have the Astros, too, just because... Bell's a switch hitter. Gurriel bats right. I know Gurriel's a late bloomer in this league, kind of like Merrifield, but he's on an expiring contract, and he's 38 years old. Josh Bell, early 30s, uh, if that yet. So I know Josh Bell's going to want some money, but that's going to be a big upgrade for the Astros. I would have said the Red Sox, but the way they're play- playing, I just they need to focus on pitching and just focus on what they're going to do mm. this all season, not deal with a guy who's going to have an expiring contract just as a rental potentially so give me houston as well true contenders this is a hard one for me i'm i want to back houston but i want to go a different team just because i don't want i don't want to just totally oh i got one who do you have brewers you were going to say milwaukee why i'm going to say milwaukee well one they're in a close contest with the Cardinals right now. Having a good first baseman to counter a good fate, a good first baseman, Paul Goldschmidt, 
that that could make for some really interesting baseball come the end of the season when they start playing each other. Two, the Brewers have Rowdy Telez right now at first base. This guy is young. He's got two years of arbitration left after this year. He's only hitting 230. Not only do the Brewers not need him, but there's no reason why the Nationals shouldn't take him. See if he pans out into something these couple years of his arbitration. And they only got to give up a couple more prospects after that, and they should have him. It, it's a win-win, us, really. I, the only, I, what's that? The only thing is, I don't know how much how much room the Brewers have on their uh for their budget if they can afford them. So they might have to flip someone else in that deal with an with a expensive contract. But you know, we'll we'll see. Brewers need to be buyers, especially if the Cards get someone. I was gonna say the Mets, but they just got Vogel back, who's a first baseman. So uh, uh, unless he play, unless he DHs. And then you have a situation where it's like Vogelback DHs and you have Bell. Because let's be honest, Uncle Steve, Steve Cohen of the Mets, <laughs> is not afraid to spend money. And I think he's going to give up on this Juan Soto situation because he knows that the Nats would never trade within the division for Juan Soto. It's basically impossible to do that. Why would they do that? They'd be fools. The Nats would. So I think, they're, I think he's going to quit and back off on that and eventually pursue someone like Josh Bell. Because Josh Bell brings the value. I think he'd fit well in New York with the Mets. Uh, it's, it's, it's not a relaxed environment like D.C. As, as much, but obviously. But I think he fits well. I think they'd pay him well. I think it'd be worth, worth the time for Josh Bell to go to the Mets. And I think he could totally be a first baseman if Vogelback is down at D.H. Put it this way, you know, Vogelback doesn't have to move as much. You can have Josh Bell actively at first base. My stomach hurts after hearing that it's an possible scenario right there. But the, <laughs> who I, would the Nats get? Who do you think the Mets ooh. would give up? See, that's the other a pitcher. Because they also have Peter Alonso. That's also true, Dom. Peterson. So like Peterson? maybe they give up Vogelback again and huh, then just rely on that. those two. Yeah, they won't do that. Yeah. What about a team like the Marlins? No, no. Or do we think a contender's gonna get? Do you, do we think a contender's gonna get him, or a bad team's gonna try and get him? It, it's gotta be a contender. Bell's this is Bell's only year left on the contract. It's gotta be a contender. They're the only ones who would be able to utilize them. All right. How about this, Baltimore? Oh, I don't know about I don't know about Baltimore. Ooh. Mancini? Oh, he's an out. He's an outfielder, but you could. I don't, I, I don't like that. I don't like. You don't that. like him going to Baltimore? Yeah, I know. I I, I know. I said Baltimore's got to be buyers, but I don't think do. Bell is the guy, though. Yeah, yeah, no, Bell's not the guy. You you need to get you need to get someone who either has a couple of years left on arbitration that they can lock up. A guy like Luis Castillo comes to mind. You know, he's a pitcher that they could desperately need. You know, their pitching's getting better, but it's still not where it should be if they're gonna they're going to be fighting in the playoffs or they need to get someone who's got a bit of a chunky contract who has three four years or so left on it that they could actually utilize going forward then in that and then with that i <laughs> dom's gonna laugh then maybe the dodgers no i'm because <laughs> the dodgers no, get they everybody. got freddy they got freddy no because i just i i say i joke when i say that because the dodgers ain't the dodgers get everybody no matter what I feel like. I think in all seriousness, guys, as I'm trying to think of other teams, the Astros seem to be the best fit for Gurriel. And I think Gurriel, I could see Gurriel in D.C. I really can. It seems like a real, I can picture it in my head. You're Yuli Gurriel wearing a Nats uniform. I could totally see that. Now, who else goes for Yuli Gurriel? I mean, the thing with the Astros is, and I think you guys have mentioned this already, 
But the Astros have the young guys to trade for Josh Bell. They have a guy that can go with Yuli in a potential trade scenario. Why not? So I think Houston would be the best team for this in this ideal situation because of the first base situation. Yuli's a little older. I think he's significantly older, right? He's almost 40, isn't he? He's I don't pretty. Know if he's that old, but he's no, not. Up he's not 40, but he's close. He's he's late 30s, without a doubt. He's in the upper 30s. Yuli Gurriel at first base. He's a great hitter. He's 38. That's what I thought. He's a great hitter. I think he surely, you know, got a lot of ball left, and I think he's got a lot of game left. You know, I, I think he'd fit without a doubt in 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 DC. Now, who else is there? You could argue. What names come to mind for the Astros of young guys that you can think of? Let's see. Jake Myers. Are we thinking bullpen? At, Nats need bullpen talent. They do not have oh, that yeah. as much. The Nats do not have bull, bullpen talent. Although I will say their pen doesn't look as bad this year. Finnegan's gotten better and then Edwards. But I heard we might trade Edwards. And the Nats are not sellers. I mean, I heard Finnegan too. They're the two best people in the bullpen. They're, they might be dealing. Mm-hmm. Christian Javier, maybe. See, that makes sense. But Christian Javier and Yuli for Josh Bell, I would tack on one more for Josh Bell. Then or like you, one more for the throw, one more for the Nats. A couple low level prospects. I mean, for the for the Nats, like I would I would give oh. him, like Josh Bell's worth. I don't think Josh Bell's worth that much. So Yuli and Christian Javier. Do you package? Do you dare package Cruz with Bell? No, that ain't wild. worth it either. Nope, nobody wants him. Nobody wants Cruz. I'll take Nelson Cruz, not in the we'll Yankees, but I, if I were if I were if I were a small market team, I would take him to heartbeat. I would take if a small market team, I would absolutely take Nelson Cruz. So who would the Astros get? Who would the Astros get from the Nats besides? They're Josh gonna Bell? they're gonna ask for a reliever. They're gonna probably want. I think they're. I think they'd want Bell and Carl what? Edwards Jr. Yeah. Okay. I just I, I I'm not sold on Finnegan yet, even though he is getting better. I I think Edwards is the better one in the pen. Okay. That's all right. You guys are gonna be really good with Mackenzie Gore, C.J. Abrams, and much more. <laughs> we'll see. All right. Well, all that said, so yep. we'll see what happens on Tuesday though. But we have fantasy scores, and Jeff is currently up on me by only 13 points, so it's kind of even there. On the other hand, Dom is. Kind of up handily on Anthony at the moment, which it's by nearly 50 points. He's up 47 Ooh. on Jeff. Uh, 160, sorry, 48. He's up 163, 115 on Anthony as we record this. So, okay. I mean, it's going to be all good there. So, all right. Well, is there anything you guys want to add before we uh, take off? There better be a lot of moves this deadline. That's all I'm saying. I want a fun trade deadline. I want, like, 10 moves made within an hour. I know that's unrealistic, but I, I, I just want a flurry of deals to be made all at once. Final comments on the Soto stuff. I know it's everyone's been talking about so much, but like I, I said earlier, the learners are nothing but business people. They're going to... They will trade Soto before the team is sold, whenever that may be, because they're not going to want that on their shoulders when they are looking for potential suitors. Totally. So, all right. Well, we'll see what happens on Tuesday. Justin, thanks so much for coming on. Appreciate uh, you guys having me for, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a lot of fun. And no, these guys appreciate it too. No ant and, and whatnot. But so, I, lo- I love to see how big you guys are growing this podcast. It's going great and keep it up. We are working on that daily now. Social media is now ramping up. As you guys probably noticed, the memes are increasing. So we're going to continue those. I I know Jeff will get on the fun with that. 
and eventually shout out that dodgeball one. Oh well that was me like I, that, yeah. was, that was that was literally me in the past three weeks just killing everyone in fantasy i literally went through all these guys in once in in the three week period and i beat dom twice in two weeks well Tough not really Te- technically no but we thought we thought i won already and then i beat him again <laughs> whatever um no i beat all these guys one one round dom destroyed everyone else and I think Jeff's on a losing run and Ant's on a losing run, if I have my mouth. No, I'm, I'm, I won. Oh, that's right. Sorry. Yeah, Jeff beat Ant. Forget I'm in that. dead last in my league, so I feel for everyone Ooh. losing. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah. So, all right. We'll be, um, we'll be back here on Tuesday. It's going to be quite the show because we're going to have a list of basically everything, and I mean everything, that happened. And we'll just be here to discuss it all. It's going to be a long podcast. It's going to be a lot of fun. Everyone will be here. All four of us will be here. And we'll, you'll be here for the ride, hopefully. We'll be live on Twitch at this very time at around 8 o'clock at the same time. You all will get to uh, be on with us to react to everything that you saw and say see if there's anything crazy, ridiculous, or great, potentially. So, all right. We will see you on Tuesday. Have a great weekend. And best of luck to the Cardinals. See you this weekend. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the Swing the Twig podcast. If you really love this show, please give us a five-star review and be sure to subscribe. If you have any questions, comments, thoughts, or concerns, email the podcast at swingthetwig at gmail.com. If you want to follow us on social media, go to our Instagram at swingthetwigpod, or you can go on Twitter at swingtwig.